or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. From my perspective, and again, I don't start till August 1. I have a lot to learn. But in any situation like this, I always look for a win-win scenario. That being said, it's important that whatever happens is in the best interest of this conference. But I look forward at the right time to have those conversations. But thank you for your question. Oh, boy. Here we go again, right? <laughs> should have known, should have known something else was going to happen before you uh, roll out of the conference. I'm sure we're not done just yet either. you still got two games remaining. Uh, yeah, so I, I guess I need to be caught up on exactly what's – what exactly – I guess they're clarifying, but not really. They're changing. Is, is it, Basically, am I right in that? yeah. I mean, really, the short version of it, and I think everyone's still trying to gather information on like what exactly happened. It sounded like maybe this happened today, last night, but yeah, when the possibilities were thrown out Sunday and over the weekend, that hey, all of a sudden Oklahoma State doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily have its own destiny, control its own destiny, because even in this three way tie, there's scenarios where they could be left out. It's almost like that scenario was brought up and the Big 12 said, oh, well, we wrote our tiebreaker rules in the offseason, but yeah, some people are right. It does make sense if it's a three-way tie between Oklahoma State, OU, and Kansas State that OSU would get the nod to the conference championship game. I guess let's try and clarify that this is what the tiebreaker actually says. So it's almost as if they just changed their own rule here in the past 24, 48 hours. Right. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. And I'm just reading the – trying to scan over the article from, from Barry Trammell's, the first thing that I've, I've found on it. Um, I don't know. That is <laughs> – Not surprising? Unbelievable? Ridiculous? What? All of the above? Yeah. I don't even know what to think right now. Uh, you can't – it was poorly written, obviously. It's poorly written, but you're talking about the tiebreaker rule. Is, yes, was, okay. tiebreaker right, rule. Right. And I don't know how like how poorly written. It's just it's not very clear in the tiebreaker rules. Um, I th- I think that the since not everyone plays each other, it, it becomes difficult. And I think the idea what they're what they're saying is sound. I mean, it's when you have three teams and the three teams did not all play one another, then it becomes difficult like, to to sort all of that out. And I know that the Oklahoma State side is going to say, "Well, Oklahoma State played the other two, so I mean, it's pretty simple." Well, not really. I mean, I I. Like if you just surface level view it that way, well, well, yes. But I mean, whenever you have three teams and they don't all play one another, there has to be some other way. Uh, I don't know, man. To change it at this point 
in the year. That's yeah. Is yeah. Wild. Can I can I speak for you on what uh, you want to tell the conference commissioner Brett Yormark right now? You're, you, yeah. you, you said you're struggling to find words. I got the words. Come on, Drake, dude. Come on. That's that's obviously what you want to say to the Big Twelve <laughs> and Yormark right now. No, I mean it, it's just um, it, it just adds to the whole conspiracy theory that we've had now for two and a half, three years, doesn't it? Whether right. whether that's right or I mean, there's just the, these things that continue to happen, and this does not. Does not benefit OU, man. This does not benefit. It it really benefits Oklahoma State. Does not benefit Oklahoma or, or, or in Kansas State, man. Right. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I guess we'll have to see. I mean, is there going to be some more clarification on this? Like, do we know, or is it just? I like, I don't know. I, it, I don't know. It, it, it just, I guess it's I'm just fun. It's just funny to me that. Like, now what happens, right? November 13th, if it was yesterday. November 14th, if it was today. Like, did we not think with a 14-team league in a nine-game conference schedule that there was a chance that this might happen in the month of November when not everyone plays everyone? Like, that's what's laughable to me is that we have to go back and, like, change the tiebreaker scenario for it to fit something. Guys, it's a 14-team league and a nine-game conference schedule. We're not everyone. Of course we were going to have this scenario at the end of the year. Of course we were. And right. like it, it, it's almost as if it completely surprised the Big 12 Conference that we're in the spot with two games left and we have to rush and quickly change the rules. You wrote the rules during the offseason. How did you not account for this situation happening later in the year? Right. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I it it's fascinating. Hopefully, it's all avoided, and in, in in that scenario, is one that we don't have to deal with. Because, buddy, <laughs> you know Tyler, uh, what it's going to be like if the rules are changed, or let me air quotes and say if the rules are clarified. Uh, this Wednesday, whenever they have their their conference call with all of the the athletic directors, I uh, and that actually plays out. My goodness, people are going to be people are going to be upset. Well, they're already upset, which they yeah. which they should be. Oh, but. Te- text lines on fire right now, dude. Some yeah. are uh, wanting to rip the conference patches off of the jerseys for the game this week. Take the conference patch off the jersey, says a texter from the 405 in all caps. I don't hate that idea. Actually, uh, really like that idea. Would improve the look of the traditional yeah. red-whites if that's what they're wearing on Saturday. Man. What a you-know-what show. Well, it's just the signs of a second-rate conference, you know, that you you write rules during the year and you have to change it in November. It's the sign of a second-rate conference that you have to do that because that's not happening in the SEC. That's not happening in the Big Ten. And I know that those two conferences have divisions, but even in the ACC, they don't have divisions this year. They're not having to do this late in the season. It's just a a joke, man. It's It's a joke. I don't I'm you know I'm curious whenever they wrote the rules I I would like to know how in depth the conversation was or did they like copy and paste it from some other conference that has like the same amount of people or or something I'm I'm just curious how they came to what they like you would think that it has to go through some some pretty good scrutiny 
before it goes down on paper as their official tie-breaking rules because it's kind of a big deal. I, I, I don't know. It's like it's like they just said, oh, this is what someone else does. We'll just copy and paste that as our tiebreaker rules. Like, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know exactly how the tiebreaker should break down in a 14-team conference where they yeah, don't same. have same. divisions and they don't all play each other, which, you know, this is usually why, why you have divisions is because of situations exactly like this. Oh, wow. Unbelievable, man. Um, Better yet, roll out with the SEC patch instead, says a texture from the 405. I like that idea. Um, uh, Some are saying, well, we're getting political on some of these right now, which uh, go figure on that one, right? Uh, This one from the 918, even though the tiebreaker rules aren't clear, one thing is crystal. Brett Yormark signs his name in crayon. I like that one quite a bit. Hey, if we were yeah. all uh, if we were all inside the stadium right now and we were all finding this out, you know what would happen immediately after, right? SEC chat. SEC, SEC, and it's funny that this came out today. It's ridiculous, but I guess it's funny in in, in one aspect because I had it down in the rundown sheet today. Is this what we're gonna? Is this permanent for the rest of the year? Or are we gonna chant SEC at every bad call or everything that goes against OU? Is that, is that the new rallying cry? Probably. I you know, I I wish we could come up with something else that is that kind of says the same thing that's not the SEC champ, but I have to admit, uh whenever it broke out during the game I thought it was hilarious. Oh, I did too. I, mean, I thought it was great. Because everyone knew immediately what it was. It's like God, we we cannot wait to get out of this ridiculousness. Which, you know, it just continues to, to unfold right in front of us. You know, I'm sure there's going to be some controversial calls down the stretch and whatever whatever tie-break crazy scenario that has Oklahoma and Texas not making it is probably going to unfold right before our eyes, yeah. miraculously, with a crazy non-call or some type of weird... <sighs> game ending i mean that's just how it works right which i'm well, me up for it I, i'm officially not predicting ou to make the big 12 championship and that's not me saying they won't go 2-0 i think they will i just think they could finish in second and they'll find a, another way not to put ou in the title game at this point right they'll do everything they can which you know here's Jeez. the thing uh, it's kind of like you know if if we're not going to make it and you know we're not going to make the college football playoff this year. Like, sign me up for the craziness, right? Sign me up for the wildest scenario possible that just gets everyone fired up. That's that's what I want. Yeah, maybe the Big Twelve just needs to come out, hurry up, and release a statement. That's not going to help anything. I think this is still going to look terrible. But jeez, this is it's it's just it, it shouldn't be all that surprising, I guess. Shouldn't be all that surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wilson, the 918, we should have never lost to OSU. We wouldn't have to worry about this BS if we would have taken care of business. Yeah, I know that. We all know right. that. Um, and that That's is right. true, but it's just this is just more about the Big 12 being incompetent is what it is. Incompetent or just blatantly just trying to change things, whichever one it is. It reminds me of my neighborhood. Um, my neighborhood was a hastily thrown together development 
where they um, massively, like, they didn't expect the development to sell out as fast as it did. It essentially sold out in a weekend before the development was really even Until started. Until they heard, hey, Rocky Kalmus is moving out here. Let's go buy a house. Exactly. So what really ended up happening is they just, like, copy and pasted some, like, HOA uh, rules together into a binder. And it's like, I think this is what our HOA rules are going to be. And it's just full of nonsense. Like, you start flipping through and it's like, hang on a second. None of this makes any sense. None of this is relevant. Like, these are all, like, rules that contradict one another. And I feel like that's what this tiebreaker situation was. No one really ever even looked at it. They just grabbed it from some other source and said, this will probably work for us. What are the chances that something like this is going to actually take place? Uh, Really good, guys. Really good. 14 teams (laughs) and a nine-game conference schedule. They're really good with two games left that there would be a bunch of teams tied for second. Yeah, And I don't think that you're wrong. You're probably right. But it just goes to show the incompetence. Like, of course this was going to happen. Seriously? Absolutely this is going to be the case. and And I honestly don't know looking at it from you know just a very surface level first thought if you have three teams who didn't all play one another is it just straightforward the fairest way to say that well if one of the teams did play two of the others and they beat both of them that it's over like there's no other scenario i i don't know does is that what makes the most sense i i'm not so sure that's that's really the right way to do that situation, but I don't know. I, I don't would, know how, it's, how it would typically be done. Yeah, I just – if the Big 12 wants to go all in on, uh, you know, trying to trying to screw OU at every, at every point, which clearly they feels like they have, let's just go all in the rest of the season on the SEC. SEC patches on the jersey, SEC logos on the field during the game. Let, let's, just, let's just go ahead and be there without being there. Let's go, well, all, go all SEC. Tyler, you know what would happen is, like, we would not put the Big 12 logo on our field for the home game against TCU, and we'd beat TCU by five touchdowns, and they'd change, like, the conference rules to where it says if you don't have the Big 12 <laughs> logo on your field during all conference games, you automatically count. lose the game. It doesn't count. Yeah. You know what? At this point, it would be worth it. I think that would be worth it. It would. It would. It would be worth it. Uh, the other funny thing is, it's a good thing we're leaving, and, and it's not that nobody cares enough, but the fact that we're leaving next year, it's just kind of like this, oh, my God, I can't wait to be done with it, instead of, Let's go burn down the Big 12 offices, right? I feel like that would be the case if we weren't leaving to the SEC yeah. next year. Well, Ronnie Crimson says, can we do as many SEC chants as possible against TCU? And I, I think that brings up kind of an interesting potential scenario. Like, it, it already happened on Saturday, right? And really, I, I think over half the stadium, you could hear it on the TV broadcast when I was watching it back. The SEC chants were loud and clear, okay? And maybe we hear some of that in Provo this weekend, but your last ever Big 12 game to send a middle finger to the conference that, that's been giving you one right back for three years, are there an obscene amount of SEC chants during the TCU game on Black Friday? 
I kind of okay, hope the answer to that is yes. For this time only, we should resurrect the failed. You remember the failed uh, chant where we tried like the four corners with the cheerleaders? Let's go! <laughs> yes. You. Yes. Yeah, they tried it again Saturday. I'm not a fan. We Oh, did they do it again Saturday? I yeah, didn't see that. Yeah, it went about as well as the first time. Yeah. We we can we can try it again, but only do it in three sections and do a, an entire crowd SEC chant um for the Big 12, outgoing Big 12. And maybe if we make the Big 12 championship game, that's what we should do, a 4-hour straight SEC chant. I'm open to uh, it. Maybe OU and Texas both make the Big 12 championship game and chant SEC for four hours during the game. Boy, here's where it's at on the text line. From the 580, hashtag bring back Bowlesby. <laughs> 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 Those words haven't been uttered in a long time, but they live right here on our text line. Beautiful. Well, if, if we brought Bowlesby back, we would just play a five-team round-robin uh, Big 12 championship well, game. Well, if like three a high teams school are tied at the top, the <laughs> team that lost twice would go to the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Yeah, that's – Yep. There you go. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We're just getting underway here up, up in El Reno. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC. The lot is full. Tons of selection here. They've got an outstanding uh, group here that's been in business for a long time. A lot of people have been here for a long time, up to 20 years. They're making great deals. As the show rolls on, we'll let you know what all's happening up here at Dorsey Jones. Stay tuned. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Welcome to the best casino in OKC. Play with your wild card all November. It's the KREF app, the Ref Sports Radio Network. It is the rush on the Ref, Tyler McComas. Teddy Lehman. No Bob Stoops today. He uh, he had something going on uh, today, so we're going to catch up with him on Thursday, most likely. So we will get Bob Stoops on the show this week. Sounds like it's going to be on Thursday. But uh, this is a, as I told Maddie McMillan earlier today, it's a BYORT weekend. Bring your own rock and roll tequila. And for <laughs> us, it's a BYOP. Bring your own Pacifico. Oh, uh, that's doing. funny. That's funny. You're telling me they don't have they don't sell rock and roll tequila in in the stadium out there. Um, fat chance. Now you may be able to sneak in some rock and roll tequila. I don't know if that's frowned upon there. I'm going to guess that it probably is. But they have know, some rock and roll. Rock and roll tequila. What is that? The mango, mango rock and roll tequila flavored ice cream out there that they sell. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, does. Now we're talking some 10 a.m. rock and roll tequila mango ice cream. I would be a, I'd be a buyer on that one, dude. I'll tell you that much. Yep. I'd be all yep. over that. Uh, 918 says, good news, rain chances have dropped to 10% at kickoff in Provo. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, early kick. I mean, it's more of a – it, it's more of an – an early kick for them that it like for us 100%, body clock man. wise it's a, it's an 11 a.m kick which you know we are conditioned for at this point so if anything it's you know to us it's no big deal I, if i was venables and you know 
maybe we should have asked him this last night. Do you even change the clocks or you just operate off your typical time? Like, we're operating off a central time. Because by the time you get out there, land, get to the hotel, um, meet, eat some dinner, watch a movie, and and hit the hay, I mean, you're going to be up in the in the morning anyways. There's not really even a, a reason to to change your schedule and clocks and everything. And I, I know it's it's kind of hard to avoid all of the clocks and everything around you but because your phones are going to change. But, I mean, I don't know. For us, it's just going to be business as usual. Well, uh, now that all the kickoff times are released, you know that you're playing at 11 a.m. Central and then 11 a.m. again against TCU. That would mean over half of OU's regular season games at 11 a.m. They played seven. They will play seven regular season games at 11 a.m. Seven in the regular season. Mm. And if somehow they make the Big 12 championship, which we know now that Brett Yormark is not going to allow that to happen, that would be eight 11 a.m. kickoffs in OU's 13 games this year. Unbelievable, yeah. man. I, I mean, I, I know that we thought it was going to be a crazy number, but it is, it's just insane how many 11 a.m. kickoffs are playing. So you're right. Like I was watching um, – I was watching BYU's press conference from uh, from yesterday, Kalani Satakis, and they asked him that same question, like, hey, this is a 10 a.m. local start time. What's, Yeah, we're going to get guys up earlier throughout the week, and a lot of our guys get up that early anyway, but 6 a.m. wake-up call for us. So it, it does sound like if it's a big deal for anyone, it's going to be a big deal for them. Because Sataki made the comment of, wow, it's really going to be weird playing a game and then driving home and the sun's still up. Yeah, you probably haven't had that feeling too many times this year. Yep, 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 yep. That's right. Um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. And I, you know, the more stuff like this happens, the more of an edge you get as a team. You know, it's kind of like you know how Michigan's going through the same thing. It's different. It's a different scenario. But like, whenever you, whether it's it's true or not and you feel like someone's out to get you you can rally together really easily and and go out and play some inspired football so i'm not too mad about it in that regard let me uh play this audio clip from today brent's press conference he was asked about you know big 12 officials conspiracy does he buy it all that no i don't uh, you know I say I don't believe in conspiracies. That's what I tell them. I'm not going. I'm not going to give them an excuse. I'm not going. I'm going to. Uh, you know, I'm not going to let anybody else give them excuses either. You know, so the the opportunity that I have around them, um, uh, you know, my challenge is is um, to not put it in anybody else's hands. Play clean. Uh, do the little things right. Sometimes it's going to go for you. Sometimes it's not. Keep playing. Keep fighting. Keep working. Keep believing. Don't get distracted. Uh, so we can't we can't live in that world and and be our best. So I I would agree with you. I think it's great for a team to rally together. It kind of feels like everyone knows what's going on. But even with that, does Brent have to act like in front of his team that he didn't believe in the conspiracy? Just to not let yes. that be. Yeah, that's kind of what that sounded like to me. No, it's not even but, in front of his team. It's just like in front of the media. You know, um, you can't. You can't really – you, you can't get in front of a camera and a microphone and get out there and say the conference is out to get us, they're screwing us. Look, it's it's painfully obvious whenever they're changing the rules, uh, you know, 
not even mid-season, late season, as everything is actually heating up, they're going to change the rules on us? I mean, come on. I, he can't do that. All of us can do that. And and he can just kind of nod and and he's got to grit his teeth and just kind of take. Because I bet he he knows. That's right. You know he's got an opinion on it that he can't say publicly. Sure. Yep. Yep. That's right. So it's just wild. Totally, totally wild. Seven one five. The Big Twelve is a bunch of witches, uh, and it says replace the W with the B. So that's the radio <laughs> radio safe way to uh, say what the what the text line feels uh, right now with the conference. And there uh, we, we we got to, I, I asked going into this hour for some one word like uh, describe the Big Twelve in one word OU fans. So I'll get to that on the text line momentarily, and that's also on our Twitter page at KREF Sports if you want to comment there. But one like quick thought from the BYU press conference, and we'll get into this game I'm sure more later on in the week, but. You know, BYU, their last three games, dude, they have just – they haven't looked like a good team. They've been outscored 117-26. No. to 117-26. Their offense has eight total turnovers in their last three games. And this is going to sound crazy, but I think it's true. I think that BYU at this point in the year, the schedule that they're playing is really starting to take a toll on them. And I know that when we look at the Big 12, we say, well, that's not murderer's row. But Kalani Sataki said today, and I, did, I, I didn't really think about it, but I guess it's true for BYU, we're saying that this could be, before the year, the easiest schedule in OU history. Kalani Sataki is saying today that it's the toughest schedule in BYU history because they've been playing yeah. in the WAC and the Mountain West. So this step up in competition, it kind of feels like they've been getting banged up down the stretch. and it, The schedule for them is starting to take its toll, and we've seen that the past three weeks. Well, whenever you think about it, and you go back and, and you look at their schedule, I mean, it looks one way preseason before anything happens. And it looks a different way right now. In the non-conference, they played an SEC team on the road. Now, I know it was Arkansas, and they got the win, but still, it's an SEC team on the road, and they followed that by playing at Kansas, and we all know how good Kansas has been. Then they had to go to TCU, which TCU's not having a great year, but it's still the team that teams played are in the different. national. Well, and teams are different at earlier points in the year. Yeah. You know, they are. Yeah. It's college football. But, you know, you look at TCU played in the national championship the year before that. Then they go to Texas, who, you know, obviously beat Alabama as a top 10 team right now, uh, to West Virginia. West Virginia's uh, a really solid team. And then, you know, Iowa State, we know how good Iowa State is. And they get to finish with Oklahoma and then at Oklahoma State. I, <laughs> it really is. Well, compared to the a Mountain brutal, West brutal and schedule. the independent schedule they've been playing, yes, yeah. it's, it's, it's definitely it's, it's brutal for sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he was confirming that <laughs> today. Uh, let, let me get to a few of these in the text line Big 12 equals Bush League. Uh, um, Big 12 in one word, petty. Uh, I can't read that one from the 918s. Big 12, one word, monkey pox, says Big Rich in OKC. <laughs> Florida Sooner, I can't read that. Oki Drink Slinger says Fubar, safest way to say that one. 580 says Salty, can't read that, can't read that. Yeah, you, you, you get the idea here. No, right. no one's happy today. Well, I don't know. I... 
Dude, I would pay a large amount of money to be on the conference call when the league, air quotes, clarifies their tiebreaker rules. You know? Can you imagine what that's like? To, to, to hear that from from whoever at the, the conference is going to be on there. I'm sure your mark's going to be on there, and then the, the head of football operations is going to be on there, and who knows who else. But, oh, man, Josie oh, man. has to be so furious with the way that this has gone down. This is the thanks you get for carrying a conference for two decades. Yeah. Right? No, and giving everyone man. their mailbox money check. It's it's ridiculous, and, and and Joe C really only gets fired up when um, when it's really egregious, you know. Like, and I think that's one of the reasons why he's so effective when he does get fired up, like sending out the statement for the 11 a.m. Nebraska game at home a couple of years ago. Back, this feels like something that he would absolutely be fired up about. And I don't know if he's gonna, you know, issue something publicly. I would guess that he wouldn't. But in that scenario, oh, I'm sure he'll let his opinion be known. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. Stay tuned. I'm sure there's uh, there's more to come from the Big Twelve in the in the coming hours and days, as uh, as this tiebreaker scenario. Don't you and, feel good about this, Texas? They're coming for yeah. you next. You just know that, all right? They are coming for you next. Don't sit there and say, "Oh, yikes, that's bad for OU," but at least we're in. I nah, don't do it. Don't think like don't that. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up, hanging out today at Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, family-owned and operated, established in 2020, but the employees here, a lot of them have been here for more than 20 years, best service technicians and friendly service advisors in the area, half-price oil changes on Saturdays. Make sure you call for more details there. They sell Buicks and GMCs here, some of the best trucks and SUVs out on the road, low-pressure environment. Uh, So come in, check us out. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. Nobody covers your team like the ref. If it's Sooner News and talk you want, it's right here all season long. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Radio Sports Network, KREF.com, and worldwide on the KREF app. Hey, Sooner basketball fans. It's time for one last go-round in the Big 12 at the Lloyd Noble Center. Your men's basketball season tickets are on sale now and start at just $149. Secure your seats now and don't miss out on any of this year's Sooner Hoops games. Visit Soonersports.com or call 800-456-GO-OU. That's 800-456-4668 to purchase your tickets today. We'll see you at the LNC this Here's the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, getting a lot of questions on the uh, on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line right now about what happened. Just tune in. What's going on? What do the Big 12 do now? Several of you know, but we'll reset uh, a few times throughout the show. Uh, people tuning in at different times. But basically, we talked about the Big 12 tiebreaker scenarios yesterday. If Texas wins out, K-State wins out, OSU wins out, and OU wins out, by the tiebreaker scenarios the Big 12 wrote before the year, it would be Texas and Kansas State. Not Texas and Oklahoma State, even though Oklahoma State beat Kansas State and OU head-to-head, who they would be in a three-way tie for in second place. That was the, their own rules that they wrote before the year. 
Apparently, they've come back this week and said, well, actually, um, it would be Oklahoma State in that scenario since uh, they've, been, they've beaten both Kansas State and Oklahoma. So it kind of sounds like they changed their own rules with two games left. Well, yeah. They did or are going to change their own rules. Should the, should the rule state currently that since Oklahoma State beat both Kansas State and Oklahoma, they should be in? Yes. I think I agree with that. Unless, you know, you, you can give me a, a, a scenario as to why that's not fair. Um, you know, I don't know. Like, for instance, does, has Kansas State played UCF like – Oklahoma State lost to a team that everyone else beat. I think K-State beat UCF pretty bad in Manhattan, yeah. So, I I don't know. Should that factor in? It seems reasonable to say that Oklahoma State beat both Oklahoma and Kansas State, so they should be elevated in that scenario. Here's the problem with that. That's not what the rules state under which you're playing the season, right? They were in place before the season started. Can you can you even go back and change it? I guess maybe you hold it, like put it up to a vote. I don't know, but I don't know. It seems seems strange to do that mid season, and maybe it's just it was an error, clerical error, and it's been pointed out, and it wasn't on there uh, like it was supposed to be. It wasn't written in there like it was supposed to be. But that doesn't sound like it's the case. Whenever. I guess Trammell or whoever called the league office and we're having the conversation, uh, they explained the tiebreaker as it's written. Not that Oklahoma State should be, you know, the one that would advance under that scenario. So, yeah. I don't know. And Sam and Edmund says, first off, we have no reason to be pissed. If we're tied with this three, we shouldn't be going anyway. This doesn't hurt OU. It hurts KSU. Why are we mad? Well, it does hurt OU because there was a scenario in there where – Everyone could win out, yet you would still get in if Kansas were to lose their last two games. Yeah, to Kansas State and Cincinnati. So I think it's, like, why are we mad? I I think there is is anger here, but it's more of just rolling your eyes at the Big 12. Like, really, now you're you're, you're changing things with just two games left? I think that that's almost it more than anything. Right. That's the thing, is it's more incompetence. That here's the thing, like in no way do I think whenever they wrote these tiebreakers, they thought maybe this will be our loophole to have someone, you know, get in over Oklahoma should we have some crazy tiebreaker scenario at the end. And now that it's turned out that that scenario is going to be the way that Oklahoma could possibly get in, that they're going to they're going to change it. It just it looks Really, really bad whenever you lump it in with all of the horrible calls, missed calls that have happened over the past two years against Oklahoma. It just looks like it's it's more of the same of what we've seen. I mean, it's that's really what the problem is. 918, what about all the Vegas bets of Big 12 champions getting the rules adjusted at the end of the year? Yeah, well, what if you put a bet on Kansas State yesterday to uh, to win the conference? They had pretty nice odds. I actually looked at it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And, and here's going to be the funny part about this, too. 
and you're going to roll your eyes even more, is that they like adjust, change the rule, all this, and then like scenarios happen the past the last two weeks, and it's a cut and dry two teams that should be playing in the conference championship game, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, they're putting themselves in a scenario that they may not need to put themselves in, and could you know still look really bad for it. Yeah. Well, they better do it. They better make the call and make the change now because it would look really bad if that scenario unfolded and you had to do it, you know, right after the final group of games and say, "Oh, yeah, we by the way, we made a mistake. Actually, it's not Oklahoma that's going; it's Oklahoma State." Peyton says the <laughs> that would be worse. Peyton says the other part of this is OSU didn't play the number one team in the conference either, like Kansas State. No, you did. That's the point of these tiebreakers is to account for easy schedules. See, that's what I'm saying. Is like I know they played each other, and it it just off the top seems like the simplest of of answers. But like, I'm not necessarily sure that it's a, that's a hundred percent correct. I mean, there's a, there's a reason they did it that way, and I think whenever you don't play the exact same schedule, you have to compensate for it in some other way. Man, um, we've seen teams leave conferences before. I mean, it's, it's, it's happened quite a bit. I don't remember in my lifetime anything remotely close to this, what's been and, – and really, it's been mainly happening to OU more than it has Texas throughout these last two and a half, three years, you know? Like, yeah. Texas has gotten some bad calls and some things that they've complained about, but not not like OU. And I, I can't think of anything remotely close to the way that uh, OU is being handled by the conference here. Now, I, w- when's the last time uh, a program like Oklahoma moved to another league? Like, that, you, like it, it's, it's different than Texas A&M and Missouri going into the SEC, but right. this is – it hadn't happened on this level before, man. No. No, and – like the the avalanche of bad calls, I at best the avalanche of like questionable calls that have all gone against Oklahoma is is wild. Whenever you step back and you take a look at it, I should have made a list of them as they've happened because it's a bunch. Some of them we've been been able to overcome and win football games. Others we haven't, like the West Virginia game, uh, like the Kansas game. Like, that guy did not catch the ball. He did not reestablish himself in bounds when he caught the football at the, Ken- the Kansas game in Lawrence. did not happen. So, like, there's been all kinds of stuff like that that have, I mean, you can say, like, oh, my gosh, that's such a, a tight call. I, you could see how maybe it would go either way. The problem is, it doesn't go either way. They've all gone against Oklahoma. Yeah. Like some stuff like that happens and you just you say, Well, it's gonna even out over time. Well, that's not happening. Uh Toby points this out and yes, I, I think if you were to ask Texas fans like, Okay, what's your best example of terrible officiating by Big Twelve officials since you announced your intention to move to the SEC? It's that game last year in Stillwater where Texas had fifteen penalties and OSU had zero. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, you know you've got to. Uh, I when you watch a football game, and whenever it comes to holding and some pass interference stuff, and you know whatever it might be, there's some areas where I it's got to even out at some point. You can't just call it straight one way. Yeah, fifteen zero. 
Amazing. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting us on the text line, 651-3439. Hanging out, Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno today. Family-owned and operated, established in 2020 with Dorsey Jones, but there's some employees that have been here for over 20 years. They're selling Buicks and GMC, some of the best trucks and SUVs out on the road. I was told, tell everyone to ask for Crystal whenever you come in. She's going to make you a great deal on, uh, on all the great stuff they have out here on the lot. All right, quick timeout. We'll be back. Nobody covers your team like the ref. If it's Sooner News and talk you want, it's right here all season long. This is your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Sports Network, KREF.com, and worldwide on the KREF app. This is Toby Rowland. Did you know that more than 80 million people depend on AM radio each month for news, weather, and emergency information? A new bill in Congress would make sure AM radio remains in cars because when cell and Internet services go down, this far-reaching free service may be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress to support the AM radio for every vehicle act. This message is brought to you five six zero seven sixty fourteen. Cavens Group bringing you this hour of the rush. If you have an emergency 24 hours a day, give Cavens a call. They specialize in fire, water, mold, remediation, and crime scene cleanup. That's Cavens Group, 405-573-3048. 405-573-3048 or CavensGroup.com. It will be the earliest uh, local kick in OU football history on Saturday. 10.07 is the kickoff for OU and BYU. It beats the OU Arkansas Cotton Bowl by three minutes uh, when you yeah. guys beat the, the Hogs. 10.07 local time. What's, uh, what's your early week feel here? I, I got a score down, but I'm uh, curious where you're at here on Tuesday. Ooh, you've got a score written down already, huh? I normally do um, most Tuesdays. I feel very good about it. Um, I feel like... We we got the we got the bad games out of our way. Uh, it feels like we're getting a little bit healthier. You know, Tawi Stutzman's back. Uh, I think we're going to get Tyler Guyton back. I feel like Walter Rouse has been working through some things, and he's healthier. Metallier's healthier. He's out there. Um, I feel good about. It. Feels like we're in a good spot. I I don't know. Slovis is the still- number you put on the top of it is like. T- 50? 45? Ooh, okay. Dang. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they score if they score 50 or 40, that 24 and a half point spread will be covered rather easily because BYU's not only BYU scoring 21 24 points on Saturday. Now, no, Slovis I think we, might I think be we back. Hold them to single digits. Slovis might be back, but Kalani Sataki was not ready to um was not ready to go there. I mean, it I think it's still a question mark. And not that he's been unbelievable this year. He hasn't been. But he's their best option at quarterback. And if he's not there, I, I had 35-10 is what I had for my early week feel. I, I think that's – I think I OU's going to have its best day running the football on Saturday. Yeah. I think that's more than reasonable. I mean, they gave up 38 to, to Kansas. They gave up 44 to TCU. In the last three weeks, they've lost three straight. They gave up 35 to Texas, 37 to West Virginia, and – 45 to Iowa State, and our offense is better than all three of those offenses. So I don't know. I mean, you can you can totally dominate the game and score 35 points. 
that's kind of what or I think is going to happen. OU's going to come out quick, yeah. and you know you'll have a couple, you know, fourteen nothing lead early, and then you really lean on the run game and cruise to an easy victory. It's kind of how I see it unfolding. Yeah, I mean that that could happen, but you know, I you could also score really fast on some of those drives and you know force some turnovers and have some short fields, and all of a sudden, you know punch up a bunch of points really quickly. I don't know. I think that our defense has a really good day, though. I think we hold them to at least single digits. So, all right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up here from Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC. Hour number two is next. Yeah.